Welcome to the Omics Exchange. I'm Angela Page. Earlier in 2021, the GA4GH Steering Committee approved a new standard, the Data Connect API, produced by the GA4GH Discovery Workstream. Today, I'm here to talk with the Data Connect technical team to learn more about this newly approved standard and how the community can leverage it to efficiently publish, explore, and search for biomedical data. I am joined today by Miro Kupak and Jonathan Fuerth from DNA Stack and by Aaron Kemp from Verily. So to get us started, what is the Data Connect API? Is it a specification, a protocol, a model? Tell us more. Yeah, I think it makes sense for me to call it specification, it makes sense to call it API. Protocol, probably as well, the same way Beacon is being referred to as a protocol, but yeah, certainly not the data model. Like the, the, the basic difference for me is that, you know, pr pretty much any other API uh, probably actually every other API in GA4GH that I came across, it comes with a data model. It tells you, you know, this is how I represent the variant. This is what it looks like. It has a, a chromosome field, it has a position field and whatnot. This is what an organization looks like. It has a name, it has a URL and, you know, a couple of other fields. So in the case of these other standards, you would always have to do some sort of a transformation on your data to get it to the model that the API requires. Whereas in our case, we, the only thing that we ask you to do is to describe to us what you have rather than transform it to something that we've picked. Like that's where, where the description part comes in. Is that part of the, ben the sort of the, the benefit of it, part of the beauty of it, that you're able to connect things together that you wouldn't be able to because they're more prescriptive? And so if you kind of go in through this sort of higher state, you can, you can bring things in that aren't necessarily meeting the specifications of Beacon or other APIs? Yeah, I would describe that as the primary advantage here, right? Like the whole point of this effort is to give people a way to expose their data the way it sits right now without having to go through a heavy lift to harmonize it. It's really about providing a common way to expose that data, right? It's not as sophisticated as you might think, right? Like it's, it's really a fairly straightforward statement that like this is a way that you can expose your data and other implementations of the standard can query it in a way that is understandable both by machines and people. I guess that seems really awesome and necessary, and <laughs> but it seems like too good to be true. How, how is it that you can take something so complex as all of these different ways that people are describing data or whatever it is that they're doing out there in this crazy technical world of yours and, and you know, make it talk to each other. It seems like that's kind of what GA4GH's mission is on, a, you know, all together. So how, how it sounds so simple. Yeah, I think part of it is that we, we started from a premise of like, let's use the tools that exist, right? So instead of inventing a query language, we said, we'll use SQL. Um, instead of inventing a new way of presenting a schema, we said, we'll use JSON schema. So it's not like there's no work to be done, right? I mean, people still, when they expose their data, there's a couple of options, right? I mean, one option is to let the machines do the work and expose the data according to the underlying logical schema. That's an option, but it doesn't get you very far. A better option is to sort of start with that and then layer on top of that the actual semantic meaning of the, of the underlying data. And that's where we prescribe things like, let's go and try and use existing things like schema blocks where appropriate, you know, other things like that. So it's not a magic bullet by any sense. It's more about trying to get a couple things in place so that it's it's feasible to start doing the sort of thing where it's like, I will run a query across three implementations, data connect, and I will get some data back. 
then I could take the next step of figuring out what it might mean to harmonize those result sets. Yeah, the harmonization is kind of a, a key point. Like, you know, when, when, when we're really talking about the benefits of the API, like I, I totally get your point, Angela. It kind of makes it sound like, okay, this is this is the silver bullet that just solves all the problems, but it, it, it comes with trade-offs, right? Like we've specifically made the decision to make it as, as easy and as flexible for data providers to expose their data. But the trade-off is that we're not explicitly harmonizing this data to a common data model. So you could argue that on the data consumer side, you know, there's a little bit more work that you have to do to like figure out how to consume the data. Whereas, you know, with something like Beacon, that they, where they give you a specific data model, you just, that, that's what you get when you come to the API and it already comes prepackaged in that form. So it's just, we, we just chose a different, different thing to optimize towards than maybe most other APIs. Could that also be considered a criticism of it that if it's too high level? If yes, yes it, is, it, is a, it is a criticism we've heard multiple times and uh, we're kind of okay with that. It's like, we're not trying to fix the entire world. We're trying to, to get some incremental progress along this axis. Awesome. It's kind of like that. I don't know, I've always avoided this analogy because I don't want to bring biblical analogies into things, <laughs> but it's like the Tower of Babel story. It's like everyone at the GH for GH is trying to build the tallest tower and they're definitely all speaking different languages and that is definitely a problem. And this really what we're doing at Data Connect is saying, hey, how about if we all just speak the same language? We're not designing the tower. We're not proposing what materials it should be made of. But it's like, well, at least if we all like talk about things using the same words, that would help. So it is, it is a really basic thing. And it doesn't sound as ambitious as like building the tallest tower because it isn't. I think where we're aligned as like in the data connect design is that it's necessary to at least start like using the same words for things as each other. And this is a way of doing that. Okay. Yeah, I almost would back up your analogy one step further and say, this isn't even about using the same words. It's about deciding that we should speak as opposed to like flashing cards at each other or you know, jumping up and down or whatever, right? Like we're, we're basically saying, this is how we're going to communicate. We are not solving the, what we're going to talk about part. Okay. So a couple of questions here. What are some really concrete examples or questions that a data consumer could ask to learn more about the data and, and what can the data user now do with that response? Yeah. So we are listing a few queries in uh, like the specification as well, but, but basically you know, because we're not prescribing the data or the form of the data, the queries largely depend on what data you decide to expose. So you could, in principle, ask queries around like core selection. You know, like if, you, if your data contains samples, you can ask questions around like, you know, find me samples that have a, a specific mutation in this specific gene and have been diagnosed with this specific condition. But also if your data is maybe more file oriented, maybe you're using PRS as a representation of your files, you know, that's a completely different type of data than the sample data. Maybe you're asking questions like, find me DRS objects that represent VCF files and are related to this study. So it's a really large variety of very different questions that depend on the underlying data in your particular implementation of the standard in your particular data set. Does that make sense? It does. Um, is it specific to data though? Like you mentioned DERS, but not TERS. You couldn't be searching for tool types if there was metadata around the tools using Data Connect. Is that true? Yeah, you, you could be searching for tool types. In, in fact, that, that is a, a request that somebody has raised. Oh, from, that's like, yeah, fi find me. It was actually a little bit different. It was like, find, find me nodes that I can execute this task on. And yes, my question about that. On that point, I would just like to say, like, I think that's an important thing to try and drive home is that you could implement 
the half of Data Connect that doesn't have queries and it's still really useful. Like even if you didn't want to do the query support at all, just exposing a Data Connect endpoint that describes the data stores that you have and what they look like and lets you retrieve that data it is light years ahead of where we are. <laughs> Being able to query on top of that is like sugar, like icing on the cake. If we can even just get people exposing the first part, it will be a big one. So can you actually describe the use case there? So like, wh why would people want to do that without being able to search? Uh, just because, you know, you could do sort of limited search on top of it, even not using the standard, right? Like imagine that I've exposed the thousand sample variant database that I have somewhere. I've exposed a table that has metadata about these things. A thousand is a small, a small enough number that I could actually just get that data and then sort of explore it on my own using whatever tooling I might want to use. But at least it's in a standard format that it can be retrieved as opposed to right now, it's sitting in some CSV or in some database or whatever in a way that I, I can't even discover it. Yeah, like for example, like the, the NIHDB gap databases, it has a, a whole bunch of open data and it's, it's even described but it's described in these XML files that have only ever been used to describe dbGaP data sets. So there aren't any generic tools out there, like no open source tools or commercial tools that understand that format and can help you find data sets of interest based on what they contain. Um, even though that, that like all those data dictionaries are sitting out there, but if, if those data sets were indexed using or, or published using the Data Connect standard, then a standard tool that can work with data sets from other places would also be able to help you find data sets in dbGaP that have data that's of interest to, to whatever you're studying. Right, there's a lot of data in dbGaP. Does that mean that it all has to be like retrofitted? Like every one of those data sets has to be re-described in some way in order for, this, for, for dbGaP to implement this API? Yes, it's a mechanical transformation of those like those XML files they already have that describe the data, they can be transformed into JSON schema easily. Like we, we wrote a script just as a proof of concept to try that on a few data sets and okay. it took less than a day. I mean, to, to make it work well across all of them might be like a two or three day project, but it's not, it's not an expensive thing to do. And that would be true of many, many data sets that they all have a way of describing themselves, but it's all, each data set does it differently. And so what, like the gap for the community is we can't write a tool that goes out and comprehensively figures out where is all the data and what does it contain? What does it mean? But if they were all published in a format where they talk about their concepts using Data Connect, say, this is what I have. These are the, these are the columns in this um, data set and so on. Then, then it becomes possible, right? All, all sorts of useful tooling for the community that, that can help people find and and understand. This has been fantastic. I'm so excited. Thank you, all of you, for your time. Thank you, Angela. Thanks so much, Angela. Thank you for listening to the Omics Exchange, a podcast of the Global Alliance for Genomics and Health. The Omics Exchange podcast is produced by Alexa Freeberg and Stephanie Lee, with music created by Rishi Nag. GA4GH is the International Standards Organization for Genomics, aimed at accelerating human health through data sharing. I'm Angela Page, and this is The Omics Exchange. <laughs> <laughs>